the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. It's not the weather. No, really, it's not the weather. You get, you know, it's not, it's not great. It's ugly. It's the, it's the people. It's the scourge. Right now, we've got uh, Congressman Raja. He's on CNN. And they are celebrating U.S.-provided intel that helped Ukraine target the Russian warship. Right after they celebrated U.S. intel that brought down the Russian uh, airplane that had hundreds of Russians. So you're in a world war. Three, whether you want to admit it or not, the Democrats are going to do what they do. They're going to put lipstick on their pig policies, on their failures, on their corruption, and they'll sell it to their moron rat constituents. After all, I've been spending a couple of hours in a city that's inhabited, state that's inhabited by a lot of these people, and they'll practically buy anything. And they can't fracking drive. You know, squirrel, you can make a right on red after you stop, as long as it doesn't say no right on red. But you get behind a couple of these Oak Park transgender people in a Prius, and they refuse to move. Refuse to move. It's very upsetting. But you can get used to anything. Like the economy, like feudonomics. And this is something I'd like to uh, discuss just a little bit before we go more into Pritzker and his, uh, his story of being raised by a single mother and what an insult to his father it is. But we'll talk about this that in a second. They're celebrating 428,000 jobs. I have said for decades that Jobs, when they're subsidized, come at an extremely high cost for a short-term statistic that makes government failures feel successful. The way to measure anything, this is like when you talk to gamblers. You all, everybody's got a gambler in their life, right? Everybody knows a degenerate scumbag gambler. you got an uncle or a cousin or a nephew or some moron who wants to tell you about how they win at gambling. They only talk about the winners. They never talk about the losers. In a society, you know how you measure losers? It's really quite easy. How much are we spending on losers? There's how I measure losers. And did you know, here's an interesting little statistic. In the year 2000, after a stock market, after a stock market crash, we were spending $233 billion on welfare. Billion. That the, the, in the Build Back Better proposal, what's, what's proposed by the Biden administration is $1.16 trillion on welfare. What they have to admit to, because it's in the latest numbers, is $763 billion on welfare. So if the jobs are so great and the unemployment's at 3.6, you know, a lot of hosts are going to point out the obvious. We've got, what, between 8 and 11 million jobs that just evaporated and aren't filled and we just don't talk about them anymore and it's the new America where everybody's a lazy, fat Democrat looking for something for nothing. But the ultimate tell is what does it cost us to keep these scoundrels 
fat, and lazy. And it's about $800 billion a year in welfare. The average family in America that lives on welfare, this is a phenomenal statistic. Family of four. What do you think it costs the people, Squirrel Hands? You know, the people like you who are working. Now, you're 26 years old. Happy birthday, Squirrel Hands, today. Happy birthday. Everybody, when you call in, you say happy birthday to my guy. The reality is this kid loses at least a third, if not 40% of his paycheck. Yet, if you are, are just a family on welfare, the virtuous welfare army, the foot soldiers of the Democrat mafia, you get $76,400 a year to develop your socialist agenda. Sit on your couch and pretend you deserve it Will you support these corrupt oligarch politicians that don't do anything except enrich that welfare army and restrict the kids like squirrel hands who want to work his whole life and provide for himself. Now, I don't know what he makes, and it's none of my business, but something tells me it isn't $76,000, and he works his ass off just like you do. And maybe some of you make that 76000 maybe. But the reason that this number is so high is because that number of employment is bull dung sold to you because they're hoping you'll go away and have a good weekend and watch some sports. Play ball, right? They don't want you to pay attention because if you did, there'd be no way on earth somebody would put this idiot anywhere. We learned a hard lesson during the pandemic. One-third of core inflation we faced last year is because of automobiles. No, no, no. You want to know what inflation's because? It's because we're spending $76,400 on a bunch of lazy bastards. That's why. Sorry, you're not virtuous. You are the problem, and we have to buy you off, and you have to keep voting for this. So let's blame used cars. Let's hear this again from the economic genius. Now listen, when, when, this, when this imbecile talks to you, this is somebody who in 1982, in 1982, was able to buy a DuPont mansion. This is a man who, as it sits today, has a real estate fortune of $30 million. So when an economic renaissance man like this political whore, whose pants are wet, tells you what's wrong, you snap too and you pay attention. We learned a hard lesson during the pandemic. One-third of core inflation we faced last year is because of automobiles, the cost. Why? We couldn't make. We had a lot of buyers because wages wages went up five and a half percent. People wanted to buy things, but why couldn't they buy them? Because they couldn't make them. Why couldn't they make them? They didn't have the chips. Problem solved. It's the used cars and the chips. It has nothing to do with the other scourge among us that have gotten fat, lazy, arrogant, and ignorant enough to buy this bull dung. The problem is this country doesn't have any men and women. Few, anyway, of character, of character, to look at the people and say, enough is enough. $76,400 a year to do absolutely nothing but vote Democrat? Oh, and I'm sure those ballot harvesters, that's how they make it. That must be a side job for the Patriot Welfare Army. I'm sorry, but I find it to be nauseating. I find it to be disgusting. It's even more upsetting to take. When I have to constantly be berated by frauds and liars like J.B. Pritzker. Now we'll get on to J.B. Pritzker. I was on my way to the studio. I stopped by my little side store. 
and they had a commercial pop up. And it was the commercial where J.B. Pritzker talks about struggling, where he uses the tragic, and it is, by the way, a tragic death of his father. And here's the other thing you should know about his father. If his father were governor, this state would be a lot better. Because does anybody know J.B. Pritzker's father, who he likes to pretend, abandoned him and mommy as they struggled to live hand to mouth? And that's why he looks out for the welfare people, because he barely made it. Now, granted, Democrats are morons. But this is an atrocity to this father of his, who died at 39 years old. So I want to give a counterpoint to J.B. Pritzker, who is an embarrassment of a son, as a man, as everything. But how dare he slander his father, who, who, listen, was the son of Abe. And he was born with a lot of privileges most of us won't have. But unlike J.B., Donald was a worker, which is probably why he died at 39. In fact, Donald is the reason... The Hyatt Hotel is the success. Did you know any of this, Squirrel Hands? No, nah, you probably don't. And J.B. Pritzker doesn't want you to know this because he's ashamed of the Pritzkers. He's ashamed of the father. He likes the money, though, but he's ashamed of the father, and he shouldn't be. He should be very proud. And if he were anything like him, he wouldn't be selling this welfare roach system that keeps him fat and elected. So, Donald, they're just getting started in the hotel business. In fact, his brother was also very smart. They decide to go into the, well, they had some hotels prior to that, but they decide to take over management and grow the business. So Donald is in charge of one hotel. He impresses his brother so much that he says, you know, why don't you take over the rest? He takes one hotel. They have, they now turn it into six. Under his 13 years of working, it became the sixth largest hotel chain in the world to 26. And by the time he was 39 and died, playing tennis at one of the hotels. He had done this from one hotel where he started as a young man, and he also had little JB and a couple of other kids, and turned that into a success. So at the time of his demise, he left to his family 26 hotels, twenty-six aside from Grandpa Abe's money. Yeah, this man has the audacity to run ads where he pretends to be one of you. And struggle the way you struggle. Now, any struggles he's had, we've all had struggles. Rich people have struggles, too. Those struggles are self-induced. I think his mother had an alcohol problem. Well, there you go. That's the only disease you could stop by putting down the damn drink. It does explain why his stupidity, though, doesn't it? It does explain why he's recognizing that once you have a welfare army, facts are irrelevant. History is what you decided to be. The shame of it is, What you're wallowing in is the same kind of lies you see on the National Democrat Mafia. Illinois is not running a surplus. It's bankrupt living on welfare, like the vast majority of the people who claim to be employed on the 428,000 jobs report, which means nothing. In fact, from now on, they should release it on Charmin, because anything that comes out of this government's mouth is an unmitigated total lie. And the way you can always find it is show me what it costs you to make these lies up. And what it costs us, the working people who get out of the house, no matter what the weather is, no matter what the climate is, we go to work and we struggle. It costs us 50% of what we make to float 50% of the country that refuses to do anything except protest. And that's why when you hear this clip about Pisaki, you're going to get outraged because you're going to say, what? Peaceful protest, peaceful. They are the representation of the peaceful protest on welfare, on the roach, 
who wants to articulate philosophies that have brought down countries and empires since the dawn of man. They're going to sell it because this is the only thing they have to work for because they're not interested in working in general. They have to protect the oligarchs in charge of the welfare system. So when you see all of these statistics come out, remember, it's the character of the nation that's collapsing. And the question is going to be, is there more than 50% of welfare roaches in this country? I say absolutely, unequivocally, because I've been driving around today, in the middle of the day, not a lot of stupid bastards at work. They're all, can't tur- make a right turn on red, you idiots. Um, so you guys spent some time yesterday talking about what you think are the extreme wings of the Republican Party. Do you think the progressive activists that are now planning protests outside some of the justices' houses are extreme? Peaceful protest? No, peaceful protest is not extreme. Some of these justices have young kids, but their neighbors are not all public figures. So, Do you think they're protesting out Sotomayor's house? I mean, they're not protesting. They might be looking to see if she's thrown out food from yesterday. They're not protesting. Do you think they're protesting outside of affirmative action? Jackson's house? I I don't think so. Do you think that they're uh, protesting outside of any Democrat appointee? No. They're only protesting outside of the people who wanted the recognition to understand that in this country, it's not legal for anybody to kill a baby, even if it's the mommy. Would the president think about waving off activists that want to go into residential neighborhoods in Virginia and Maryland? Uh, Peter, look, I think our view here is that peaceful protest. There's a long history in the United States and the country of that. And well, there's a long history in the United States and the country of freedom, honey, with your fake red hair. There's a lot of history of liberty, property rights over your body. You don't mind that. You're not interested in the American history. You're interested in the Marxist mafia welfare roaches that buoy up a dimwit in diapers, an embarrassment to society so much he can go out and continue to spin lies and misdirection and bald right stupidity. It's amazing what you do. Didn't realize how many lives you saved. Yes, sir. No. You really, you really do. Brilliant, is he? Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, I mean, Iraq over 50 times, 48 times. He's been in I- Iraq 48 times? Joe Biden has been in Iraq 48 times. Now, I know your Wrong. brother had a $1.5 billion contract to build homes. I don't know. Did those homes get built? Something tells me even your smarmy, short-in-the-pants Irish gypsy brother wasn't there 48 times. You certainly weren't, dummy. But in your mind, maybe you dreamt it last night. And maybe you did step in a puddle. I don't think so. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. Listen, it's nice to be able to look at squirrel hands through the... But I miss Studio Xanadu. I do. It's easier to take them. Hold on. Italy seizes Putin's yacht. You notice how they're seizing all their property? Huh. Do process anything? I wonder how come we don't seize all of those drug dealer cars on the south side of Chicago. I wonder how come we don't seize it. That's all weird. I mean, if you could seize it without trial, let's start seizing some stuff. Maybe we should seize Nancy Pelosi's refrigerator. Some valuable dung in there. Uh, David in Lansing. Hey, Sean. It's time. I am getting pissed off. It's time for lawyers to start advertising. Uh, I will, if you got fired for refusing the vaccine... I will represent you, and we will sue for lost wages, 
court costs and lawyers' fees because it's your body, your choice. You choose what's put into your body. So let's use the Democrat standard, my body, my choice, and use it in the courts and take some money back from some Democrats. It would be nice, but you'd have to have a justice system. You'd need uh, justice systems that were not attached to political corruption, and we don't have one anymore in this country. Thank you very much, though, David. I like it. John in his car. Sean, can you hear me? I can. Uh, keep it a uh, big fan. Listen to you every day. Oh, hey, you. just for what it's just for what it's worth, a FYI here, I'm watching a uh, Pippi uh, with the red hair Pippi here. Pippi Livestocking. And I just oh, she's just. Anyway, I decided to Google her address, and if you'd like it, I can put it out on the air. No, I don't want to do that. I don't have to stoop oh. down to them. I don't have to. By the way, I can't get anybody to come where I ask them. I invite them always to come to the Elmer Cigar House. Nobody shows up. None of these tough. Hey, guys. I've been there. I, I've been there. I was there. I, I met you when right. they, well, after the election. But but you know what? It's not fair. They they they're, they're going to do this with the Supreme Court justices. Hey, how about turnabout on this? And uh, anyone that wants to, you really want to go to Sotomayor's house? You might catch a glimpse of her walking by the window in her nightgown. That'll scare the hell out of anybody. Her poor gynecologist calls oh. off the next day. Nancy, cancel my day. Not going to go eat lunch after that, that's for sure. Dave in Barrington. Hey, Sean, I just wanted to first say happy birthday, Squirrel Hands. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just got an email a little bit earlier today. Cook County has got 37,000 properties they're selling on tax delinquency from a period of the 12th through the 18th. That's six days. Uh-huh. Here's the thing, Dave. Those properties have already been picked through by the Table of Wisdom LLC that has two Cook County judges and and that scumbag Eddie Burke on it. Only the the garbage ones get to the actual auction. And there's something else that that they've been hiding. 37,000. 37,000 is a staggering number. And they're also hiding in that number the ones that have already been in in foreclosure. And if you couple that with delinquencies... With with less pendants that have already been started, you realize just the kind of financial shape Illinois is in, and then you understand why it's not really news when Boeing leaves. After all, their tax abatement was up. It's not really well, the only the only news is is why so many Democrats wallow in their failure. And and now you have the answer. You're getting seventy six thousand four hundred dollars a year to vote Democrat. Seventy six thousand four hundred dollars a year. My young man in there. He's 26 the, years the old. Cheese. How long is he going to have to work yeah. to make this 76 for? Well, well, look, you know, the cheese is not enough. The, the answer is more cheese. But now think about this. Now, we've everybody's been to an auction. you got to think about this. 700, I just did the math really quick, 712 properties per second. Now, that's going to be a damn fast-talking auctioneer. <laughs> yes, it is. And a lot of low bids, Dave. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to Mitchell in Des Plaines. Hey, what's up there, Sean? Um, I want to bring your attention to the following. Pritzker, okay, and his infinite self of not being able to put down the fork, decides to take the opportunity that he's going to fight like hell against this whole thing with the leakage of the leak of the, uh, you know, the narrative of what's going to go on versus Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Instead of focusing on, okay, crime in Illinois, and the fact of the matter is that people are getting killed and shot in Lincoln Park and all, all aspects of the city and other parts of Illinois, and the fact that we have high property taxes, this a bloated ego, okay, who should put down what I call the jelly donuts and focus on what's happening. It's all a deflection. This whole thing with this narrative was a 
a distraction. It was manipulated to inflame both sides, Sean. Oh, you're right, Mitchell. And here's the the way you can solve it, by simply explaining that states like this and a country like this is looking to profit from its own welfare system by not letting you know that the gambling machines that are supposed to bring back Illinois are primarily played by these very people on welfare, so they're played with, with welfare money. The costs of the medical marijuana is mainly paid for by welfare and welfare money, and then the lingering costs after that. To hear them come up with the solutions when the very solution is to eliminate their philosophy. And that's why the places to live in this country, and around the world for that matter, are places that reject the idea of socialism and the Democrat mafia's way of life. Thank you, Mitchell, for the call. 312-642-5600. I'll take the rest of them on the other side. AM560. The key by the Democrat mafia is to normalize the welfare system because they understand the loyalty that it gives. Because if they wanted to promote any kind of a social system, anything from the government would be on a merit negotiation between citizens and a welfare structure. In other words, if you didn't act a certain way, you wouldn't get it. You never would get it. And and if you have acted away in the past, you would then get disqualified from getting it. The way in which life is supposed to work, even if for those people who are very successful. See, when you do bad things, you don't get rewarded. But yet in this society, led by the Pied Pipers of failure and corruption, the Democrat politician, what they're looking to do is get more people in on that corrupt system. So when I was listening to a story that was disgusting to me, I thought to myself, I wonder what the, what the, the uh, priors of the shooters in Lincoln Park are. I wonder what the history is. I wonder if it's going to be another one of these scenarios where you arrest these scoundrels, these scumbags, these lowlifes, and you realize not only did we burn $28,000 a year pretending they were going to school, we were paying for their existence in the meantime, and they have the audacity to live like this. Because this is how you know that people aren't worth money anymore when they can do crimes like this. Well, good morning to the both of you. The alderman for this area says that the victim is just out of surgery and is still in critical condition after being shot three times by suspects that showed no mercy. Now, the video we are about to show you as a fair warning is graphic. A home surveillance camera near the intersection of Webster and Wayne captures a car turning off Webster around 3 this morning. The people inside then wait for their victim, who was walking down Webster. Once they spot him, a suspect pulls out a gun and appears to be trying to rob the man. The victim begins to fight with the suspect. After a short scuffle, we've stopped the video here because this is when the victim was first shot. Not long after, the other suspect fires two shots into the victim. The, uh, the fatal shot could have uh, occurred if it was directly into the head. Uh, it was a glancing shot to the head. So. Do you know why they shot him three times, Squirrel? They stole his phone. You know what his crime was? He had a phone. They shot him for his password once. He didn't give the password. They shot him a second time for the password. He gave the password. Then they shot him again to kill him. Luckily, they were as good at killing as they were in school. And they failed the low-life scum that they are. And if they're picked up, and if they're prosecuted, Kim Fox will defend them as the prosecutor. Because this is a city occupied by scum, roach, protected by the corrupt politician 
who profits from the failure of the people. They don't need less of this to happen. They need more of it. They need more welfare. They need more corruption because now they have their casino gig coming in. And it's a billion dollars of theft. The fat slob unions will be bribed. The labor extortion mafia. Thousands of union jobs. It'll be paid for by the corrupt bankers. It'll profit on welfare money that's recycled through failures and losers of bad decisions. And it'll be a place not only that you'll want to avoid, but it will be the antithesis of Democrat success, which is the opposite of real success. Verlon on the south side. Uh, I want to say happy birthday to Pistol Pete. All right, now I want to quote J.B. Prister's winning record for re-election. Pro-abortion, pro-gambling, pro-drugs, pro-welfare, and pro-crime. You left if off cream puffs. You, want for- you left off cream puffs. <laughs> you left off corned beef. You left off roast beef. You left off chewing on the bone and then using it as a toothpick. These are all things this fat bastard likes as well. Well, if that's what people want for a governor, by all means, vote for J.B. Prister because we are the total opposite. It's Raybine time. Thank you very much. I, I make no bias about Ray- Gary Raybine. He's my friend. I support him. He's the only one that ever worked. I mean, listen, Bailey's a nice man, and he's very smart, and he's a politician, and I, I, you know, I wish him the best. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. I know Stephanie Trussell's a wonderful guy, but I'm a Gary Rabine guy of the record show. And that being said, I don't think either one of them stands a chance. I don't think either one of them stands a ch- chance because this state likes the scourge. After all, look around you. Look at the behavior. Look at what the importance is on. Do you think it's on? Law and order and righteousness and American principles. Look around. It's not. Corey Woodlawn. Hey, uh, what's up, Sean? Uh, I did want to say this. A government big enough to give you everything you want is strong enough to take everything you have. And that's what the Democrats want. They want to grow government to ungodly size so long as they're in charge of it. And if somebody comes up that's more noble to them like Donald Trump, they're going to use the administrative state to take him out. Thanks for the call. I appreciate the call, and you're exactly right. I remember I was when Corey was talking. I was remember. I'm, I'm assuming he's about my age. He sounds like he's my age. And I remember how there, the the neighborhoods and the different organizations. When a guy lost his job, they would come together, and families would surround that guy and help him and help their family and try to get him another job. And what a better neighborhood everything was. What a better society it was, because people back then didn't want to go on welfare. Now you've increased the welfare so much so, even college graduates want in on it. I mean, you've been fiercely advocating for the president to cancel student loan debts, but really only 13% of Americans even have federal student loan debt. So is this really the best way to reach most voters? And also, what do you say to someone like me who worked two jobs for a decade to pay off all their student loans, just finished, where do I sign up for reimbursement? So now I want you to keep in mind, this is a, a woman of dignity. I don't really play the game of her race, but she is not a caucasoid. She worked her ass off, and she is asking a caucasoid who went to school and frauded the documentation so that people thought she was an Indian because she looked like Chuck Connors and Geronimo. She's not an Indian. She's a lying fraud scumbag, which explains why she's at the top of the pyramid among the Democrat representation. Scum. So let's start out with who has student loans today. 
Um, about 40% of the folks with student loans don't have a college diploma. That's not what she asked you. You want to cover my bad decisions, honey? Because you can't write the check, and I know how much money you stole. They're folks who tried. Yeah. They're folks who tried and life happened. What about the, the business entrepreneurs that tried 15 businesses? Or the guys who tried to be investors? Or what about the people who were dumb enough to buy real estate in Democrat-run hellholes like Illinois? What about us? And when you want to inflationally adjust the money to 20 years ago and figure out how many property owners lost 50% of their money, whether they want to admit it or not, then add in the taxes, you want reimbursements there? Focahontas. But you know why she doesn't squirrel hands? Because in the first crash in 2008, guess what Chuck Connors did? She bought a bunch of foreclosed homes from banks she had relationships with when she used to be a lawyer lobbying for high interest rates. And she made millions. So that's not at the top of the list for Chuck, huh? Pregnancies. Uh, uh, they were already working two jobs and lost one of them. Uh, mom got sick. Family had to move somewhere else. And now they earn what a high school grad earns. And they're trying to pay off college-level debt, and it is crushing mm -hmm. their bones. What about the crackhead who doesn't have the benefit of being the fruits of the loins of the most corrupt senator in America? What about your average run-of-the-mill crackhead who's working their way through the day by sitting on the corner trying to imitate Kamala Harris when she worked for Willie Brown? What about the crackhead that's struggling? Do they get nothing, Focahontas, you fraud? 312. 642-5600. AM560. The answer. What happened? What'd you turn into? I mean, it's Friday, maybe. Oh, it's Bunny's favorite song? All right, then we'll let it go. You know, you're not actually, you were not alive in the 80s to experience all this music. You're going to experience the inflation of the 70s, though, Toots, I'll tell you that. All right, let's go to the lines. I, you know, if you were on the line, I didn't get to you. I apologize. Tony and Dyer. Yeah, hey, Sean. Just want to say sorry for cussing last time. But, hey, keep speaking the truth. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Anytime. Keep speaking the truth, I'm like, I, 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 I like that I made you feel comfortable enough. You thought we were just two guys smoking a cigar, and you let it fly. But don't do it again. Go ahead. All right. But, hey, I just want to say, you know, some of I think the, they're letting in a lot of these immigrants because a lot of these immigrants have this mentality like where they're, they're, the gov they're already easy to control by the government. Uh, Macedonians in northwest Indiana, a lot of them, okay? We're at the gym. The guy's got, let's go Brandon, but the real thing on there on his truck. And the, and the guy's like, I can't believe they didn't arrest him. I'm like, dude, you don't get arrested for writing something on your car in America? You, they need to wake up. You know, somebody needs to be you know, teaching these people. You're exactly right, but one day you will. One day you will. Yeah. That's This country that now has implemented the idea that I don't care what political party you were just 20 years ago, the idea that the government could implement a propaganda czar, a truth minister, the idea that that would be something a, 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 an American government would do is outrageous. So now that that is going to sit there and that buffoon idiot. Pippi, Pippi Lystocking or whatever the hell her name No, the other one. What's her name? Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mary Poppins yeah. is going to sit there, and, and, and people are going to call that a job and think that that should not be protested against it, rallied against it, and ripped right. out by its roots. Believe me, in our lifetime, we will see a day when people are arrested for putting things like that on their truck. You will see a day. I hope Because the, the reality is, Tony, the Democrats are fascist, Soviet, communist, right. Marxist scum who feel that they are just in their dictates. They stand by it, even in the face of such scandals like this. 
Turning now to a big development in the fight against the coronavirus, the FDA has announced it's putting strict new restrictions on the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine due to the risk of rare but potentially life-threatening blood clots. Now, when you used to say that, that was misinformation. Now, even the corrupt FDA, where they go back and forth between uh, board members of Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson to the FDA and the corruption is systemic, they have to admit now, stop using the J&J. It's terrible for you. Ooh, I wonder if the misinformations are what she'd say about that. you got to be kidding me. Scott Woodstock. So the student loan things, um, you know, it was uh, Biden and Obama that caused all that. Biden removed the ability to discharge debt in bankruptcy. Biden also, or Barack, then removed all competition and you can't even get out of it when you turn 65 and take in Social Security. They're going to they're gonna cut into your Social Security payments if you still have an outstanding loan from going to college. Well, if you're 65 and you still have an outstanding loan from going to college, you, they, should, they should take it out of your Social Security and then make you walk around with a hat that says dunce on it. But to your broader point, you're exactly right, Scott. And I'll tell you another thing you didn't mention that you, everybody should start off with. When they nationalized the problem, it was $400 billion. Now it sits at $1.8 trillion. Only government could make debt that, that big of a problem even bigger. That's what they do, Scott. They fail in a very quick upward trajectory. Tom and Elgin. Yeah, you know, that Mary Poppins thing is disturbing. But I wanted to talk about Pocahontas. The reason they want to do that is because they're all indoctrinated, and if they get those paid off, they're lifelong votes. Yeah, the Democrats are supposed to be for the small guy? Well, no. you would think that they'd have the bankruptcy laws be on our side. Where do you but think- no, they don't. those are Republican votes. They don't care about that. Where do you think there will be more loyalty to the Democrat mafia? Will it come from the college-educated Marxists who want their debt paid off by somebody else or the prisoners who now have the right to vote alongside the college-educated? Who do you think will be more loyal cornerstone of the Democrat mafia, Tom? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. One, huh? well, they're, they're, you know they're indoctrinating on the damn planes when they come in. I'm going to tell you oh, this, Tom. I got 50 bucks as college students are more loyal to the Marxist mafia because criminals, ironically, have more integrity than most college students. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate the call. Don in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, we've got gambling. We've got drugs. We've mm-hmm. got everything else. Why not just prostitution? What's left? Have you we taken a look at the female Democrats? Who is going to pay them for sex? <laughs> Now, I know what you're saying, but you'd have to get Republican women to at least step in for that. How much, although I'll tell you what, you want to talk about price control. I mean, after all, it's Ken Griffin who has driven up the price of prostitution ridiculous in Miami. If you wanted to offset that, you have Dr. Awardi. I'll tell you what, she'd have to give me 300 Thank you much. Thank you very much, Donnie. I appreciate it. Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hey, Sean, Hi. and happy birthday, squirrel. Um, I still to this day see help wanted signs all over. There are plenty of jobs out there. There's no excuse for people on welfare not to have a job. There's plenty of jobs. And if one doesn't do it, then get a second. It's just that simple. It's like, I don't know, though. It's going to be like these union guys who are going to work on the casino and get paid five times what the jobs costs. All you got to do is vote Democrat and get something for nothing. It's awful hard to pass up, Teresa. Thank you very much. But it does explain the loyalty to the imbeciles that would, uh, you know, kind of do things like this. Before Russia attacked, 
We made sure Russia had javelins and other weapons to strengthen the defenses so Ukraine was ready for whatever happened. Does explain a lot, doesn't it? You believe this 81-year-old dimwit? Your socks are wet because you went wee-wee. You didn't step in a puddle, dummy. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Based in liberty, it's why we should all champion and demand the rights in capitalism. could argue if Adam Smith or Ludwig von Mises, which one was the better? I think uh, Adam Smith was first. Scottish economist Ludwig von Mises, Austrian School of Economics. He's one of my favorites. And in fact, the Ludwig von Mises Institute is one of my favorites. And I stumbled upon Dr. Anthony Mueller, who is a German professor of economics who's teaching in Brazil. So let's talk about Austrian economics here in Chicago. Dr. Anthony Mueller, thank you so much for joining me. I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. Hi, thank you. It's been a pleasure bringing me on. Well, I, I stumbled across your works at the, the Mises Institute. And what I love about it is you capture the roots of our problem, which is the deeply flawed monetary system. It is really something that I have been championing for a while. Oh, it must be changed. And if it's not going to be changed, we're going to continue to live the lie that is the monetized debt swindle, where you now have a group of people chanting for their own bankruptcy in the idea that we are going to somehow cure it by demanding they pay more on short-term loans and not recognizing the American national debt is an arm loan that fluctuates ridiculously. It's not segregated. It's not uh, uh, cut into categories of importance. We're just all paying a cost of our own bankruptcy. Well, uh, money is, of course, one of the most important parts of the economy because simply any kind of economic transaction involves in one way or the other money. So it is only natural that it is also becoming an instrument of power. So the point is that our monetary system, like it has been for 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 uh, millennia has always been in the hands of governments of the state and we are in a situation similar before the reformation and uh, work a, a religious group also co-opted the, the, the state and uh, we had this in, in the mingling of the state of the government and money and and the church and now we are in a situation where we also must think about separating the monetary system from government. It is unnatural. It's simply unnatural that the government also holds the power over money. It is similar to the wrong situation as if the state would hold the power over, over the church, over, over religion. And it's devastating to the ordinary man. 
And the problem is when the hole is so big and you start hearing experts say, well, things aren't that bad here in America. We hear this all the time. We're the best of the of the worst situation. We're the best among the world. But when you look at the global financial crisis and you look at the massive surge in debt over these last 10 years, 12 years, is this something that can be overcome without a massive shift in the in the in the powers that be the monopoly over money that the American government has over the world? Well, of course, in one respect, uh, to have debt is a part of the economic life when it is used to invest productively. So for business, it's a good thing to have uh, savers that transform their money into uh, a loan, giving it to uh, investors, to businessmen. But when we have, when we come to the government, uh, government, okay, it will do some infrastructure project, but the most of the government spending is outright consumption. So... Uh, this will not provide for the future. Now, each of us has a certain limit of, of debt uh, that refers to our income. What does that mean? That means that is our, measured by our income, that is our productive contribution. But what is it with the state? The state in this, or the government, better said, has no limit to borrow. And that is the main source of uh, uh, inflation that is showing up. Inflation shows up not right away. It's like a hidden ailment, a hidden, hidden infection. But what we are seeing now, almost like an outbreak, is the outbreak of a, an illness that has been prepared over a long period of time. Dr. Anthony, um, I, I, I hear so many politicians who really have never been businessmen. Talk about debt. Talk about interest rates. They always say that here in America we're experiencing inflation we haven't seen for 40 years and that the cure for that is to raise the interest rates. I then remembered what the interest rates were in 1981. The Fed fund rate was at 16.3%, yet we still had that massive inflation. I believe that they're giving the exact wrong cure for inflation. I think all of the so-called experts are exactly wrong. And through what they've done, both through imitating the velocity of money and massively printing up $11 trillion inside of two years, coupled with the massive rise in short-term debt for the ordinary man, I think you're going to throw this country into a depression. Am I just being well, too paranoid? No, uh, I think that's exactly the point. It's like when you when you wait too long to cure an ailment, you are heading for a disaster, and then and let's call it this way, an operation becomes necessary that can be fatal. And this is actually the case. The the Fed should have uh, uh, made. A, restrictive monetary policy quite a long time ago. But it is unpopular as long as inflation does not, price inflation does not show up, they like to, to continue. And it's even in the state, state uh, 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 documents that the Fed should consider inflation and unemployment and so on. And when there are not uh, extreme figures uh, obvious, it will continue with the expansion of the money supply. Now, with the relation to the interest rate, uh, it's always important to remember that 
you 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 cannot control both at the same time. When you when you want to control the interest rate, you have to let the monetary mass, the the quantity of money, move around. And when you put your emphasis on on the money uh, uh, quantity, you you have to lose. Uh, loosen the interest rate. So wh when you mentioned uh, 81 with Paul Volcker, he fully concentrated on the quantity of money. And then that's the way how then the uh, uh, interest rate exploded. You know, the worst loan a business can have, the worst loan I think some people can have, if they're not very economically astute, is an ARM, an adjustable rate mortgage that adjusts arbitrarily or on the word of someone else, right? You're taking a gamble. You have a five-year arm. You got five years to get your your uh, act straight or we're going to increase the interest rate. This, um, what we experienced through the, the COVID shutdown and the imitation of the velocity of money, why is it that politicians never want to segregate money and always need it printed up for an emergency but never want to freeze the interest rate to the people because the idea that we are all subjected to this arm that none of us agreed to Yet we are going to have this massive increase in costs is a is a is not only a recipe of control where you're making the people among in your country a slave, but it is something that makes no sense on any business level. I'm all for debt if it's orchestrated under intelligence with a plan. Why wasn't that debt frozen at zero, allowing us to organically rebuild rather than having it sabotaged into backdoor nationalism, which is what I see happening. Am I am I missing something? Well, uh, one could simply let the market decide about the interest rate. That is what Mises called the natural interest rate or the originary, originary interest rate. Now, what would be behind such an interest rate? It would reflect our time preference. And this is the point when you start to manipulate the, the so-called monetary interest rate that we all talk about, uh, one does uh, uh, enter a conflict with the natural interest rate. And this leads to overborrowing in certain phases, like we had, and then later on to underborrowing. So Which is what we're going to have. It, it, that's what we, we will get probably. And and so you, you you build automatically these boom and bust cycles, but the, the the root of that is the difference between the monetary rate that gets manipulated by the Federal Reserve System primarily and uh, the natural interest rate which would reflect time preference and would reflect our our natural tendency that we do day by day to separate our income into a part to invest and the other part to consume with one decision it's a it's a one act uh, a movement a, a one act choice and so when we have the separation it becomes different we think about the, the monetary interest rate and do not remember that it should reflect our time preference. That, I, that's the main point from the Austrian school. Right. I'm an old, uh, an old commodity trader, no formal education, an old commodity trader. But what I witnessed in 2009, the reaction uh, in 2008 and, and George W. Bush saying he had to break the rules of capitalism in order to save it, and what he really did was bastardize it. And now we are 
witnessing a time when politicians are directing investment companies to have the public purse of trillions of dollars in order to buoy up the market. There used to be an expression, the market knows the economy and cooks it in. But once that is bastardized and underwritten by the public money, is that true anymore? Um, Are price indexes accurate in measuring the economy or have they been bastardized and are used as a propaganda tool now? Well, you can use that word uh, for almost all macroeconomic statistics. It is such an illusion, illusion when we think about the, the cross-natural product and, and other, other concepts like the inflation rate. They are all made up. And one of the key uh, figures of manipulation is the uh, inflation rate because with that inflation rate, very few people know uh, that you can also automatically manipulate the number for the gross domestic product <laughs> and the productivity rate. Now, when you artificially lower the uh, inflation rate, you get higher numbers for productivity and higher numbers for economic growth. Now, so you can imagine what kind of illusion is being created for all kinds of economic decision-making, not only public decision-making, but also the private decision-making. After 2008, I think countries around the world recognize that, exactly what you said, and they also recognize the corruption and the corporatism of what was formerly known as capitalism, as America set itself to be the world currency and then had bastardized the principles of it. I can't help but notice every conflict we've ever gone into is because the country that is the the um, the attention of our of our anger has also floated the idea of getting rid of the dollar as the world currency. About nine years ago, 12 years ago, Vladimir Putin had recognized the failure in the dollar and started to collaborate with some of the other ideological enemies of America to get rid of the world currency. In your opinion, does that explain a lot of the military actions of taken by America around the world over the last 30 years? Well, uh, a lot of the prosperity of America depends on having the world currency. I mean, uh, <laughs> you could say in a simple way that all that America spends on defense comes in as foreign money. Because all over the world, all other central banks demand money as their reserve currency. So uh, America can have, simply put, a high level of consumption without really paying for mastering the world. And, of course, now it's quite obvious, to maintain the situation, uh, the U.S. must take care to maintain the status of delivering the world currency because when this would float away, it would not just mean a difference in the money we use worldwide, but it would fundamentally impact the level of prosperity of the United States. Doctor, when you look at the macro situation around the world, Does capitalism stand a chance of surviving, or will we devolve into a hybrid, phony, altruistic socialism run by a few collective governments? Well, uh, the tendency uh, for socialism is inherent 
into the state system that will st will we, we have. As long as we have state money, as long as we have state schools and so on, um, as long as we have media that are close to the main medias that are close to the state, we will always have this tendency towards socialism. So what we have to do, if you really want a true capitalism, is get rid of the state to minimize the state in the first uh, step. And this is a kind of a paradox. So we are moving to socialism, we get more government and more government produces more socialism. So uh, to break this 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 uh, interaction, we, we should also do much more uh, uh, to change the educational system. And this happily, it is about uh, to take place. With the internet, a new spirit has come to the world. I, I compare it in this sense with the invention of the printing press, which was also so important to move to the separation of religion and state. And now with the internet, and for, for example, uh, uh, the Mises Institute had has grown a lot because of the internet. Without the internet, we would still be some kind of minor uh, organization. And this is the point of hope. And so what we have to fight now, and this is the central fight of our time right now, is to prevent all kinds of censorship. And you, you know, we all know that is, this is the big topic now that, that uh, the, the, the platforms that we, we have, many of them try to, to censure because it is known what it means uh, for the established order, to call it this way. Well, I'm optimistic because of professors like you. He's Dr. Anthony Mueller of Mises Institute. I want to thank you so much for what you're doing and the impact you're having on the youth in Brazil and around the world. And uh, what a blessing Mises Institute is at Mises.org. Thank you so much for making time for me. It is a true honor. I'm a big fan of your writings, and his writings can be found at uh, Mises.org. Thank you, Dr. Anthony Mueller. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All the good for you. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, The Answer. I, uh, I enjoyed talking to Anthony Mueller, Dr. Anthony Mueller. See, the problem is we, um, we live in a society where people are willfully ignorant to this. The answer has always been quite simple. You have to stop the problem. The problem is a government that not only spews misinformation, but reaps rewards from its corruption and failure. I'm looking here at CNN, and they're talking about... Uh, the first bimbo lady, first lady, and how she went over to Europe to give ketchup to soldiers that we have clearly that are fighting in war, in a war. And nobody wants to look into the war, and I call it properly the oligarch war, Kolomoisky against Putin. But they're merely Kolomoisky in Ukraine. It's just the excuse for Biden to travel to Lockheed Martin and secure defense contracts and to talk about weaponizing. And right now, today... Another $150 million to Ukraine security. Well, didn't you just get $33 billion? And didn't you just 
lie about the $13.9 billion that really totaled $20 billion. I mean, what the hell is going on? And why are people so stupid? Greg in LaGrange. How are you? Good, how are you? That was an outstanding get, one of the best I've ever heard. Oh, thank you, brother. He's I, an I, amazing I man. I'll tell you what, not only does he make me feel good listening to him, he's he makes you more intelligent because he breaks it down very simply. Yeah. He says the intersection of this socialist idea is always the intersection of government and big media and big industry and the private in the school systems. This guy was born in the belly of the beast. He's a German. He yeah. grew up knowing Hegel, the Frankfurt School, Bismarck. He knows the evils of this. Exactly. It and- was outstanding get. Outstanding. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate that very much. And it's within those understandings and those kind of guests and that articulation that the cure for the problem is. The cure is really quite simple. Illegally. I think you've got no idea what disinformation is, and I don't think the government's capable of it. Do you know who the greatest propagator of disinformation in the history of the world is? The U.S. government. Are you familiar with McNamara, the Pentagon Papers? Are you familiar with George W. Bush and the weapons of mass destruction? Are you familiar with Iran-Contra? I mean, think of all the debates and disputes we've had over the last 50 years in our country. We work them out by debating them. We don't work them out by the government being the arbiter. I don't want you guardrails. I want you to have nothing to do with speech. You think we can't determine, you know, speech by traffickers is disinformation? You think the American people are so stupid they need you to tell them what the truth is? You can't even admit what the truth is with the Steele dossier. I don't trust government to figure out what the truth is. Government is largely disseminating disinformation. Notice how Dr. Anthony Mueller who is living in Brazil, from Germany, talked about censorship. See, because the government, built on lies, spewing more lies, has an enemy, a common enemy. And it can be brought by any citizen. And that is the truth. That is the enemy of the government built on lies. And that is what the American government is. And who who is really the best salesman of the lies? The person who is really a collectivist, a government fascist, a socialist, a Marxist. They always call themselves a liberal. That's why I love when they're recognized by people who they view as their prey. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is almost is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to. But the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling. You take him for a friend. They're promoting a currency war. They're fighting a proxy war. We're in the middle of World War III. And they want you to believe it is because of the Ukrainian president rather than the oligarch war. Over money, power, oil, natural gas, that it really is. This is a lie. Ukraine is a lie.
You didn't want the truth. They've been in a civil war for eight damn years, and you were too ignorant, too stupid to know it. Canadian independent journalist who spent years on the ground covering conflict zones in the Middle East, especially in Syria, Palestine, where she lived for nearly four years. Ava is a recipient of the 2017 International Journalism Award for International Reporting. She's been covering the war in Ukraine, and today she joins us from Ukraine. Ava, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Why did you decide to go to Ukraine? Well, to be clear, I'm actually in the Donetsk People's Republic, uh, one of two autonomous republics formerly in eastern Ukraine. Um, And I came back here um, to Donetsk uh, because I I had come here in 2019 and I had gone to areas uh, north of Donetsk, um, north of a city called Gorlivka, uh, which were on a daily basis and still continue to be uh, on a daily and nightly basis being shelled by Ukrainian forces uh, in violation, by the way, of the Minsk Accords of, I think it was 2015. Uh, Ukraine has been using prohibited heavy weapons and shelling residential areas, uh, literally terrorizing the civilians living there, driving them out of those villages. And not only that, but they've been, uh, the Ukrainian forces have been bombing the cities themselves, including Donetsk, where I am now. Uh, so I came back here because this is a very much underreported issue. Uh, it's, it's, to my knowledge, it's not getting any uh, reporting in mainstream media at all. Uh, And if there is any reference to these republics, um, it's usually in a negative light uh, and and totally dismissing um, the uh, modest estimate is 13,000 who've been killed in Ukraine's war in the Donbass in the last eight years. So now is that misinformation? Do those 13,000 people who were killed by the Ukrainian government as they were Ukrainians, do they count? Do we not recognize the civil war or is the comedian and the Nazi SF battalion, who we have now enriched with $50 billion of our weapons as they blow up Russian gas depots and chemical plants. Is that misinformation? Or is that bad for the environment? Where is Merrick Garland? Today, I am announcing three actions that the department is taking to advance environmental justice. First, consistent with the president's... Environmental justice. Is that what Ukraine is doing by blowing up? The Russian gas depots and chemical plants with our weapons? And after all, why would Boeing move out? After all, they're making a fortune. One of Chicago's most prestigious companies is moving out of the city. Boeing is expected to move its corporate headquarters to Virginia. Man, when you can't keep a weapon company making money hand over fist in a, in a phony military conflict to protect the U.S. dollar, your city really must suck. 312-642-5600. AM 560, The Answer. So CNN is doing a hit piece on Trump. They got some fat pig there. I think his name is Esper. He looks like the kid that ate the last cookie in your house. Uh, Trump wanted to missile strike drug labs in Mexico. They think that's going to hurt him rather than understand what the the, the citizens in this country want. I want you to bomb the drug labs in Mexico. I can't be the only one. Keep running your propaganda. CNN is also running that bulldung story about the Ukrainian government being the good guy, even when it was bombing its citizens for the last eight years. Idiots. Idiots. Joe in Florida. Hey, Sean. Great show, as always. Hey, your last guest was excellent. Oh, thank you. I I would certainly like to see a follow-up about our uh, Federal Reserve Board that uh, Edwin Griffin's... uh, the creature from Jekyll Island. Great it, book. It, 
it explains everything. Great I mean, book. Well, the Mises Institute has always taken the position of a monopoly on the currency by a private organization that pretends to be part of the government is not the way it should be. I, I agree, and I know you do, and so does 90% of the American people. The problem is the corrupt 10% that pretend to be Wall Street, that pretend to be bankers, they like it just the way it is because it's a monopoly of well, corruption. You know well, that. All of, our, every, all of the military aid we've given to Ukraine, the, the banks are funding that, so they're sure. just going to get their interest paid and back. And by the way, we're, we're funding it. When they're, seizing, funding. when they're seizing Putin's yacht, did they go after Kolomoisky's billions in Cyprus? Did they go after all of the money of the Ukrainian oligarchs in Cyprus? Did anybody oh, find no. out how the Ukrainian comedian is worth $600 million, or are we just going to Nancy Pelosi that? He's a great trader. Thank you, Joe. Well, so sick of pretending the corruption isn't obvious. Jeff Wheaton, Warrenville. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Dave, Yorkville. Yeah, Sean, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for that guest, and I'd love to know. I wanted to uh, comment uh, back on this uh, student loan issue. Yeah. Uh, really think about this. This entire thing has been caused by the government. It should not be loaning out money for education, because they are inflating the price of education by making loans. These loans should be done by private banks, and they should be evaluated. Yeah, well, and, and, and the funny thing is they've manipulated the laws so that you're still not giving disclosure to 18-year-olds, and you are manipulating the way in which loans are paid off should those individuals go bankrupt, but they get to pretend to be altruistic as a bunch of these lawyers who yeah. lobbied for, for Visa, lobbied for credit card companies and banks like Elizabeth Warren pretends to now care about the individuals who are hurting and the good news is for her the people that are stupid enough to vote for her or any democrat are too dumb to follow our conversation thanks dave appreciate the call very much lee and hammond hey sean hey sean i don't know if you remember that old pbs series they had about the civil war uh-huh you know when you when you when you listen to the letters home from the rank and file soldiers about some of the some of the thoughts and some of the uh some some of the mentality of the, what these what these people had to say back then. Yeah, and you compare yeah. that. Let's say you compare that to your typical undergraduate college nowadays. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think in the last hundred and fifty years, people really haven't got have gotten that much more stupid. Show me a college grad that explains how they vote for these kind of low pick, lives and scumbags. Pick any senior in a high school in Chicago, and give them the eighth grade test that those Civil War warriors had to take. To get out of grade school, they can't pass it. Not only that, they can't say the word ask, which I also find to be a problem. How much time do I have? Come on, this is the fastest show. You, What are you kidding me? I got eight seconds? All right, we'll be back. I got a great guest after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Interesting time. This is an interesting time in American history right now. Shocking. Scandalous. However, the 70s were the same. 
what if I could get a lawyer who represented the United States in uh, a government lawsuit against OPEC oil embargo during the 70s, writing briefs for the prosecution of Patty Hearst, defending R.J. Reynolds' tobacco, and wrote a book, interesting enough, called Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat. I got him. His name is John O'Connor, and he is a very, very interesting man. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much, Counselor. Well, it's great to be with you, Sean. Yeah. You know, I I, I have to say, I uh, never liked Nixon. Complete and utter fraud, maybe for many different reasons than most people. Although I've never voted for a Democrat, but you have to understand I'm from Chicago. I recognize them to be the organized mafia they are. But when I get a Republican who does things that are against exactly what he ran as, and you see that he is the arbiter of the executive order for so many bureaucracies that would become gods among men, like the EPA, OSHA, and the rest of it. I didn't like him. And then I find out his history, right? Prescott Bush plucks him out of obscurity, all the corruption therein. And then you see that he was brought down for something that I think is shockingly weak, but still against the law, spying on his opponents. And it was nice to see that the country had a standard and said, okay, it's, let's get him out of there. Are you shocked at the lack of the standard in this country today when we could have a 50-year political whore like Joe Biden, the scandals that follow him for five decades, the sun and the laptop and the foreign adversaries that have bribed him? Are you shocked at the difference in the standards of Americans today versus when you were practicing law, and rightfully so, going after criminals? Well, I am. I was a naive man at the time. I was a young prosecutor. And I was very proud of the fact that even though most of us in the office were Nixon appointees, we all said the guy's got to go. He broke the law. Now, most of us thought, all of us thought, that he, of course, was uh, protecting uh, uh, an an operation which was emanated out of his own White House and therefore was protecting his folks. In fact, Nixon was very much in the dark and was kept in the dark by his White House counsel, who did know what was going on. John Dean. So to a certain extent today, Nixon kind of looks like a victim there. But nonetheless, your point is well taken, Sean. Everybody had principles. If he broke the law, even though you might say it was not that big an obstruction, he broke the law. He's got to go. Now today, uh, and that's what I thought the lesson of Watergate was going to be, that we were going to really go after people like this. But it turns out it's a very selective matter. And finally, it's gotten to the point where there are no standards at all, where everything is very cynical. And like you say, you know, what, what does Biden have to do to get investigated? You know, uh, so it is it is a very, very uh, cynical world today, much less, much more so than it was in 1972. Do you think it's just because people are so dumb compared to then? I mean, you know, I'm going through your case log. OPEC during the oil embargo. We stood on righteousness of fighting a monopoly, a cartel called OPEC. What did we learn as they still exist? And our policies have, under this administration and so many others, not just this one, but so many others, we had a respite for a short time. But for the most part, the American policies have benefited cartels like OPEC, even though you fought them in the 70s. Right. Think about how we enriched people who ended up being terrorists against us, 
uh, in the Middle East. Okay, we enriched them because we did not do what we needed to do to make ourselves independent, uh, energy independent. Now we're doing the same thing again. So here we are now in a dangerous world, Sean. Think about this. Right now everybody knows that they're paying too much at the pump because we're not pumping oil, uh, and we're enriching Putin. We're enriching uh, the mullahs in Iran and all this stuff. But let's think even a little bit down the line. Let's let's talk about worst cases. What happens if we do get into a war? What happens if something serious happens with China? What happens then? We have made ourselves so weak in energy. How you 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 need oil to fight a war? That's why J- Japan uh, bombed Pearl Harbor because they're running out of fuel. They needed fuel. Uh, that's a big deal in a war. And if people aren't selling you fuel, you can't have an army and an air force and a navy. Now, here we are. Nobody has talked about the fact that not only are we weakening ourselves economically, we're weakening ourselves militarily. We're not only enriching Putin, but we are uh, making ourselves ill-prepared for any kind of conflict. Uh, how, How can we stand anybody down if they know we don't have any oil? With every... So it's real... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's it. No. With everything that we live through and the kind of law you practice, you know, I, I'm just astonished at every case you worked on. But you are the reason and lawyers like you. Why, as a young man, I walked around with the American ignorance, thinking that it would be lawyers ultimately that save us, because those are the lawyers that understand the principles of why law has to be separate from government, not controlled by government. I'm curious to know how it sits with you. That law has been perversed, and that such, I call him a, a ferret-faced gangster from Chicago, but Merrick Garland can now use these bureaucracies to wield such organizations as environmental justice. I don't even know what the hell that means. Or that America and the lawyers in it would tolerate a 33-year-old moron being put in charge of information as we have a truth minister, a truth czar. Why are so many lawyers silent, in your opinion? Well, first of all, a lot of people on more of the conservative side are intimidated. Uh, I'll say that. And then on the other side of the, the bench, um, the, the, the dividing line, I think there are a lot of people that are Democrats out there that are really scared out of their wits. Because if they say anything that's against the progressive line, God help them. I mean, think about that oligarch in Russia who, who spoke out against the war in Ukraine. I mean, he's just, this guy's losing $9 billion uh, so fast his head is spinning. And that's really what happens today. If you're a lawyer, and let's say you're a good, solid Democrat, right down the middle, you know, good old principles, you can't stand up and say, boy, I don't like this progressive stuff. You're going to be toast. And uh, you can't stand up and say, by gosh, did our president do something that was corrupt? You'd be toast. So we're, everybody is getting afraid and that's the system we have. And it used to be in the 70s, the whole idea was about protecting free speech. The more outrageous you were, the more, even if people didn't agree with you, by God, you could be a Nazi and march down Skokie, Illinois streets, mm-hmm. protected by the ACLU and the judges and everybody else. That's the way the country should be. People should be not be afraid to speak out, even if you're speaking terrible truths, terrible untruths. Yeah. You, you have freedom of speech. Now we've lost that. We've lost that. We've lost the rule of law. We've lost uh, the rule of civilization, uh, which is free speech is civilization embodied. Everybody has their say. 
and then we vote at the ballot box. And that's what we all thought happened during Watergate. And now where are we? 50 years later, it's a shame, Sean. Yeah. Well, you and I are from states that um, have the same syndrome that you uh, you experienced when you represented or wrote briefs for the United States versus Patty Hearst. I think it's Stockholm Syndrome, as I watch as Illinoisans, as Californians, as New Yorkers, New Jersey, just continue to vote for anything that says Democrat, even though they're, they're, they're abusers, they're kidnappers, the ones who are responsible for the shrinking quality of life. And um, I'm curious, during that case, what was the feel among the United States as they went after Patty Hearst and that whole debacle? I think Americans forgot about that case. Well... She, like so many other young people, willingly joined a terrorist group. Uh, she thought they're idealistic, and, and in a way, she's. It's a typical thing that happens today, where you where the ends justify the means. She thought these people were their heart was in the right place, and uh, they were you know helping poor people and right justice. So if you go off and shoot a few people and kidnap some people, so be it. And uh, so that's where and she's 21 years old. She's you know not not. A highly intellectual girl. And so when she joined the group, she joined it willingly and voluntarily. And everyone else, by the way, in those groups, there were all, most of them were upper middle class people. I mean, you had, uh, I think, uh, uh, one of the, one of the women was from Chicago, a Chicago suburb there. Uh, I'm just blanking on the name. They're all the same Democrat strongholds. Go ahead. We know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, but there you are. But there you are. And what I'm saying is, uh, that was that was sort of uh, we, we saw little glimmers of the start of it. Now those people were on the fringes at that time, uh, quite a bit. But um, you know this the type of thinking that underlies it is now very widespread. Now people aren't aren't going out planning bombs, but it kind of uh, you know that the, we tend to okay condone certain actions. What do you think about people who condone? The fact that there are were major uh, riots in all these cities, you know, after yeah. the George Floyd thing. Oh, that's okay. And nobody had the guts to say, wait a second. You guys can't do this. I'm not going to support you. We have a vice president in office now who made sure that she encouraged this by setting up a fund to make sure that everybody got bail that was uh, charged with a crime in any of these riots. I don't know if that sends the right message. So we have, we have gone down a long way since the early 1970s when terrorists used to be the exception. And now in a way it's kind of like, okay, we don't have, nobody has enough guts to stand out, stand up against these folks. In fact, Patty Hearst from then would be a Congresswoman today and she'd be on the foreign affairs, intelligence and banking committee the way it seems. And um, as we talk about banking, I remember the eighties, was it Michael Milken, right? And the saving and loan scandal. And it was outrageous that he would misrepresent, raise money, and stiff the creditors. But he went to jail. Wall Street bankers got promotions after 2009. What do you think the difference was? Well, the difference is is we we have a highly politicized and partisan society. There are people, and think about this. We had a woman that became very close to being president, and she was in office. And there's just no doubt about it. She approved the sale of Uranium One to Putin in exchange for somewhere between 150 to 350 million for her uh, foundation, for the Clinton Foundation, which housed all her campaign workers. Now, 
where's the outrage at that? There isn't it. <laughs> I brought it you up know? early on in the uh, currency war that they're pretending it is a, a war of an assault in Ukraine. And I said, how could this be that no one wants to talk about the fact we are standing at a precipice where we could get nuked with weapons, uranium, that was sold by the Duchess of Chaffington to Russia when Putin was a good guy. Everybody liked the look of his eyes. It is astonishing as I get older, John, and uh, what our reality is today. But more discouraging is the caliber of the American, who, at least when you were practicing law, wasn't so married to an ideology to have Stockholm Syndrome, but wanted a principle. And I'm wondering if you think there is an opportunity here, both with the information that was clearly hidden by the Federal Bureau of Investigation as they had the hard drive for two years. But moreover, if you, if you, I don't know if you saw it, but this movie 2000 Mules by Dinesh D'Souza has video and data from cell phones that shows the ballot stuffing of the election in 2020. I'm hoping a good guy swoops in. I'm hoping the good guy comes in the form of lawyers who are outraged at the principles that they swore to uphold and the law of, of this country but, that they continue to bastardize. Do you, are, are you optimistic in the future? Well, I'm, I'm optimistic that there are going to be more and more people speaking out. I am optimistic about that, and I think the Durham investigation uh, will help. But, uh, but think about this. Right now, there's a tremendous wave of suppression of speech of anybody who says, you know something, I don't think this election was fair. Uh, you're telling the big lie. In other words, we can't discuss whether the election was fair or foul. Now, stolen, when you say the election is stolen, that's sort of a, a real rough, blunt term. I mean, it yeah, it's was on my promo for the show. You'll love it. Go ahead. It's, it's maladministered. Clearly, it was maladministered. The only question in my mind is, how much of this ballot stuffing went on that was permitted and allowed by the lax procedures? Uh, there, it's, 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 but, but my point is, is that we are all suppressed when we come out with opinions like that. Oh, we, I think this shows that there's a lot of fraud in this election. Oh, you're telling the big lie. If you say, you know something, I'm not so sure that carbon dioxide does as much harm to the environment as they say. As a matter of fact, I don't think it does at all. Oh, you're a climate denier. You're a terrible person. Rather than saying, well, let's talk about your view about the climate and whether or not there is uh, some sort of uh, positive feedback, if there's some sort of amplification of carbon dioxide, and if there's no evidence, maybe we're spending trillions or nothing. Oh, no, you can't say that. So in all these areas of the most important issues in our democracy, there are tremendous efforts to shut down speech. And you just said a word, Sean, that is perfect, ideology. Half of the country doesn't have an ideology. I'd say 70% of it doesn't have an ideology. But those who do are the ones that are enforcing this pure Orwellian type of speech and speech suppression. And they're the ones that are the loudest. They're the ones that are chastising everybody who says something against the uh, against the uh, current wisdom, you know, if you come out against critical race theory, you're a racist, aren't you? If you think the border should be enforced, you're a racist there too. So rather than having a discussion about the pros and cons, there are nasty words hurled, uh, people are shut up. Yeah. And I think that there are more people today that are getting fed up with it. And I like to think there can be a wave of people speaking freely and, and speaking to try to get 
the facts out. Now, you notice CNN has decided its former stuff isn't selling. They're now selling themselves as a real news organization. Oh, we're going back to our roots. Remains to be seen whether they're going to do it. But, you know, there are there's a tremendous hunger out there for people to tell it straight and, and to get back to old values. I just, you know, it's that's the war that is coming up, in my view, that is going to be uh, going to get get fiercer and fiercer it's over speech suppression we have ministries of disinformation now really 33 year olds are running up heading it up oh yeah and you have a president ex-president barack obama saying oh we've got to stop all this sewage that's spilling out in there into the uh uh, you know into the mainstream oh he hates that because it's speech he doesn't like how can we deal with this sewage now on the other hand saying that Putin and Trump colluded. There's not there's nothing sewage about that. That's wonderful stuff. We've got to talk about that all the time. That's not that's not misinformation. Oh no, that's good stuff. So what what one side is trying to do is to try to control all the information. And it's very much goes back to totalitarian states, to communist states, to royalty. You try to control the speech. And uh, you know, America was founded on the values of free speech. There's no doubt about it. We've got yeah. a first amendment it was the Enlightenment. We were getting rid of kings and, and priests who told us what we could write and kings who told us what we could write and say. And we had free speech, and our country was very, very blessed because of it. Now, I don't know. Well, John O'Connor, i got to make a confession. You came on and you thought this was about your book. This was really an interview to be my lawyer when the government throws me in the van. I have a lawyer now, but he's 380 pounds. He eats a lot. He's not very smart. I'd like you to head up my legal team. Are you interested? I'd love it. All right. I'd love it. His name is John O'Connor. The book is Postgate. His career is something to just witness in awe. And I am, and I want to thank you for being the kind of lawyer you are. And I hope you live a thousand years because I'm going to need you for a lot of them. I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> Sean, good talking to you. You Take too. Care. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. No, on with the show. All right, so as you know, I am promoting 2,000 Mules. I recommend that everybody sees it. But moreover, I wanted to discuss something that is always affecting the politics, and that is the influence on, on society by celebrities. The reason we're in this predicament, we have celebrities that are promoting Heroes of Americanism, you know, when you talk about heroes, you talk about uh, Superman, Captain America, all of these superheroes who are now apparently part of the LGBTQ plus organization. Not to mention the rumor is they're trying to go after Thor. Yeah, the Vikings will not have that. But aside from that, there were actors back in the day like Ricardo Montalban. I went in the other room and I was talking about Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo Montalban was a phenomenal actor. He's been in well over 50 movies. His first movie, 1945, Moment of Truth. His last movie, 2006. Ricardo Montalban is the guy from Fantasy Island. I went in there. The kids still didn't know who Ricardo Montalban was. And everybody remembers Corinthian Leather. When I said that, even that got Bunny's attention, but not so much Squirrel Hands. But he's a kid. He'll never know when actors and celebrities were men. Proud American men. And they didn't waver when they were asked about topics as politicians tried to take over society and rule it. 
We're living in a tumultuous time right now, and Roe v. Wade seems to be the hope for the fascists, the corrupt mafia called Democrats. So they're going to get out and they're going to promote it. I have clips of Elizabeth Warren. How about the one? Did you hear about the, the on military bases? Did you hear this? I want to. I do want to play this. This is this is a politician, a congressman, talking about where they should do abortions. I know the president and the administration is looking at that. You know, one area of particular interest to me, uh, since I, I sit on both the Intelligence Committee and Armed Services Committee, is looking at the Department of Defense and our military bases and the extent that they can help provide assistance. Uh, reproductive rights and abortion services. Uh, I think that's something we should look at. You know, our, our men and women in, in the military that might be in states uh, where uh, those services may very well soon not be available. Uh, I think uh, could potentially step into the breach here a little bit and, and provide assistance. So we have to look at all options. This is a- that's uh, Representative Jason Crow, who wants our military bases to now promote abortions. But back in the day when men were men and they weren't embarrassed by it, and they were asked this kind of question. I was given this today by a friend of mine. And I found it to be pertinent on Friday Features with me. This is Ricardo Montalban from, I believe, 1979. Someone tried to pin you down on the question of abortion. And you said you had a revelation at that time. Yeah, you know, I, 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 if I simply answered, yeah, I'm against abortion because I'm Catholic, it wouldn't satisfy the person. So I said, well, I'm going to think empirically and logically. I'm not, as if I were not a Catholic, nothing, nothing to do with morality. What do I think of abortion? And what happened was that I asked myself this question. When was I, I, was I, I, six months ago, a year, two years, 50 years ago, was I, I, was I, I, a week after I was born? Was I I the moment I was born? Although if I showed you a picture of me then I'd picture of me now, you wouldn't connect the two of them because there is it's a big road to travel from there to here. Who's going to decide at which decide at which point I was I? Mm-hmm. And I decided logically mm-hmm. that I was I the moment that incredible miracle of what happened when that little tiny little fish like was able to penetrate and fertilize my life. That's when I began. That was the beginning of my life. That was every journey starts with a single step. You cannot you cannot end the journey without the first step. That was the first step of the journey of my life. So I asked myself, what is the difference if you kill me now or you destroy me then? I would not be I. See, I was not I the night that my mother told my father, not tonight, dear, I have a headache. <laughs> See, then I was not I. But when that happened, if you didn't interfere with it, if you didn't kill me then, that's, I mean, I, I believe from the bottom of my heart that abortion is murder. I really do. That, that fetus is not a, it was not going to be an orange or a banana. <laughs> it, was, it was I. Right. So my movie is Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, starring Ricardo Montalban. And I want to thank his mother for not killing him. Isn't that a shame? But that's the kind of perspective you need to have as the pseudo-intellectual Marxist mafia scum try to tell you it's a choice to kill Ricardo Montalban or anybody. Where would we be without Khan? Ralph in Rantoul. 
Hey, how you doing, Sean? And by the way, Wrath of Khan, um, those pecs peeking out from his vest are uh, all muscle bond because he was he was a workout guy. Yes, he was. I was a huge fan. <laughs> My mother had a Chrysler Cordova gold with the crank sunroof. Proud as a peacock, I tooled that thing around. Loved it all because of Ricardo. Yeah, yeah, Monte. you know and. The, the old Second City Television, when they spoofed him, his, their name for him was Retardo Mental Block, which oh, was hysterical, you know. Yes, yes. But he was a great guy. Hey, look, the reason they're going after Thor is because of the lisp. All right, I don't think it's very fair, but they're they're, they're trying they're trying to poofta him up because of the lisp. <laughs> Can't give Thor a lisp. A guy with an axe no, is not interested in I mean, a guy's tuchus. That's he's an axe. He's the a guy fighter. can't even say. The guy can't even say his name right. Thor. He's got the lisp right there. No, he's always been a victim of Boys Town because of the hammer. Follow the logic here. Will oh, you off and rantle? The, the hammer and the yeah, and and the guy thunder. And, yeah, and he, all right. And, he's been an object of affection from Boys Town, but that doesn't matter because, like, much no. like many of the of the of the Russians, we do not have them here in the Viking community. Thank you very much, Ralph. Appreciate like, it. What do you got? No poof does. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Lloyd and Gary, Indiana. Hey, Sean. I just want to say your last guest was spot on oh, about you. a comment that uh, Khrushchev made back in the 50s where the beginning of the comment says, we're going to break down your morals. Hello, what's been going on? You could take an American as our morals, our Constitution, everything that's in it. Yeah. They're breaking it down. you got no ground to stand on no more. All right, so I'm ramping in the streets. So I'm going to put you down as the the show turn, and your favorite movie as the Patriot. My favorite movie, I I don't remember the name of the movie. It was one where Slim Pickens is riding the missile down to the ground. Doctor Strangelove, baby. That's dead. Yep, tip Doc, of my tongue. Yep, Doctor Strangelove, and boy, Yeehaw! are we living. I love. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call, Lloyd. I appreciate it. And then there was the Duke. Oh, the Duke. I love John Wayne. You even know who John Wayne is, kid? Yeah, you better. You're going to get fired. John Wayne. I'd like to particularly ask you as well, because it's related to the film industry, about that period in your career in Hollywood when you were to the forefront of the people who were um, blacklisting the um, alleged communist members of... Uh, well, that's, that's, that's not a true statement. Well, what, we what were not that? blacklisting. Well, you were... They were... You, they, were they you were. better watch yourself when John Wayne takes that tone. You'll get knocked out, Jack. John Wayne didn't mess around. No, they were blacklisting. We didn't name anybody. We stayed completely out of it and said, we are Americans. Anybody that wanted to join us, it was fine. We gave no names out to anybody at any time, ever. But are you? But when you look back at that now, John, this this space of time, I mean, are you proud of what happened in Hollywood at that time? I think it was probably a very necessary thing at the time, because uh, communists infiltrated Hollywood. The radical liberals were going to take over our business, and uh, you wouldn't have had any pictures like that then. The next thing you know, Captain America is dating Superman. <laughs> No, but seriously, though, I mean, do, I mean, were they in a position? I mean, the people who got kicked out of Hollywood, surely they, they were. Who the were kicked who, out? Well, the people. No, wait a minute, who, tell me who was kicked out. Well, the out. people who left Hollywood. I mean, let's take, a, for an example, Carl Foreman. Yeah, Carl Foreman. I mean, was Dalton Trumbo? Carlton Foreman, Dalton Trumbo. Look what happened to Larry about, Parks. About uh, Larry Parks uh, admitted that he'd been a commie and he went on working. 
Well, he didn't work for some time. It had a very well. He hadn't worked a hell of a lot before that, had he? Well, no. But I mean, no. uh, but I mean, these aren't people, surely, are they, who you would expect to take over the industry? They knew the dangers of promoting communism, not because they hated the phony altruism, but they understood the fascism was involved, the lack of American rights, the exact opposite of what makes the country great. Everyone is a slave under the ideology of communism. This is when Hollywood rejected communism versus promotes communists and communism. But it does explain why so many Democrats are hell-bent on destroying our country and our civility and our society. Just like you're saying now, in the book you write, you believe in a woman's choice no matter how difficult the decision but there is a question, should there be any limits on abortions? No, I, I'm going to put it this way. I think that the woman who is most affected should be at the heart of this. Of course. I think that she should be able to call on... Now, does she mean the, the babies that are girls that are going to be killed? Her partner. Right. Her mother. Um, her priest. Her rabbi. She should be able to bring in the people she needs. But... In a pregnancy, I don't believe that it is the state that should intervene with its heavy hand mm. and make the decision. To save the baby. There's the difference in caliber of citizen. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. All right, we got to do meatloaf. Let's get a couple calls in real quick. Just the movie. John and Joliet. John? John, how are you? Good, buddy. Hey, I, I just want to say real quick, I love listening to your show. I listen to oh. it on my way from work every day. So thank you so much. Thank I, you, I brother. go back home more educated thank you. than ever. So I wanted to say real quick uh, say about uh, Ricardo Montalban for a movie, The Reluctant Saint. I'm not sure if you've watched it 1962, or not. Ricardo started... Montalban. Yep. That's correct. Excellent pull, Yeah, he, he did phenomenal in there. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for the call. Uh, Fred Orland Park. Grant Torino. Excellent. Clint Eastwood, all of his movies. Excellent call. And we had John Wayne. We had Ricardo Montalban, another actor I'd like to go to. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here. Did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. That's the difference between yesterday versus today, where men are afraid to speak up, speak up, and when they do, they promote communism that used to be rejected. The good news is we're going to win in the end because we're right, and we're espousing principles of Americanism for Americans. Everybody, it's time to stand up, put your hand over your heart. Let's go to another actor. This is good day. Good day when actors were men. Everybody have a good weekend. Stay away from Democrats. Oh, oh, say, can you 
J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.